You guys, it's finally here. I am so excited to announce that the Patreon is live. It's called In the Windowsill, and you can find the link in my bio if you happen to be there, or go to www.patreon.com backslash in the windowsill. I would love to have you check it out. There's an about video there. You can look at and understand the tiers. You can get this podcast early. You can get creative prompts and a lot more information from me, all sorts of good things. A live once a month where we create together and you have an opportunity to ask questions, all sorts of treats for you. And I just want to say thank you so much. I'm doing this because you guys asked for it. You gave me so much awesome feedback when I asked for it and I created it for you. So go check it out. Patreon.com in the windowsill. Thanks so much for your support and for being here right now. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. lovelies. Welcome to Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here today. Thanks for joining me. I have the real pleasure of talking to a very, very talented artist who has just such a good story to tell. Shannon Christensen is my guest today. And I just really, really enjoyed talking to her. I mean, I love talking to everybody. I know I say that every time, but each of us has a story to tell. Each of us has a path. And Shannon sent me a really cool care package because as you will hear, she has a book that she's written and it's all about the creative journey, really. And she did this very cool thing where she kind of, she thought about what she wanted to say and the questions I ask before someone comes on the podcast. And she did something nobody else at least has shared with me before and she kind of drew it out. She kind of drew her thought process out, which is really cool. And she sent me a copy of it. So I had that to look at along the way, which was awesome. So here is a little bit about Shannon. After Shannon spent many years at home as a stay-at-home mom with her nine children, one still being at home, she is reinventing herself with a creative career. And by looking at her art, you wouldn't think that she ever paused because she is, she's very good at it. Shannon is a licensed artist with Wyndham Fabrics. She's a creativity author of a book called Jumpstart Your Creative Engine with the eight creative power habits. And she's a teacher on Skillshare. Her home base is in the U.S., but the past four years, she's been living abroad in Jordan, Sweden, and currently Montenegro. Shannon's creative road trip has taken twists and turns. At 42, she got a BFA illustration degree. She was featured in Western Art Collector magazine. Her studio was featured as an inspiration spot on HGTV's Rate My Space. 
Shannon has had acrylic magazine illustration work and fine art oil painting in museums, private collections, and juried exhibitions. She's been licensed as a contemporary watercolorist. Shannon knows art and creativity for sure. She's embarking to help others reach their creative potential with a creative roadmap for others to follow. Her creative life is definitely an unforgettable ride with her family and her travels and her passions and her big, generous heart. Shannon is just somebody that I think you'll like to get to know. So without further ado, here is the lovely Shannon Christensen all the way from Montenegro. Thanks, Shannon, so much for being here today all the way across the globe in Montenegro is where you are. I'm in Montenegro in the capital city of Podgorica. And I've been here for about a year and a half. So tell me why, what you're up to there, you and your family. My husband works at, for a construction company that works on U.S. embassies. And so we live overseas and we've lived in Amman, Jordan and Sweden and now in Montenegro. So he works while I'm on vacation. I guess. What a fantastic way to go. There's so many different ways to kind of get ourselves around the world. So many interesting things. And I hadn't heard that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, we hadn't heard about it either until a friend had mentioned it to Alan. And it takes a long time to get on with something like that. It's government. It's a government contract. And so you have to go through, jump through a lot of hoops. And so, but now it's just loads of fun. Oh my gosh, what an awesome experience for you and your kiddos that are still at home and, and those when they can come to visit. I just, I'm a little envious. That's fantastic. You know, I always thought I never wanted to travel. Well, I always said I want to travel. I'm fine being home. And then I got to Sweden and I was like, I love this. I yes. love this. Why did I ever think I didn't want to travel? And so I kind of processed that and went through it and realized I had moved every year until I was 13. Mm. And so I think part of me just wanted that stability, wanted that home, not realizing that it, it, home can be anywhere. and. Right that traveling wasn't what I was associating it with. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Home and stability can, can be, can happen when you're moving as the, at the same time. It just, it all depends on what it looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. an awesome experience. How fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear a little bit more. Tell me you are such a creative spirit. I just love what you are up to and your website's gorgeous and super fresh and, and it feels just a little bit different and in a way that it feels very easy to see and the art you produce is the same way. So kind of tell me about how, how you got there. What's your path looked like? I think it's a partly a personal path, you know, like my questions, like answering my own questions and then hearing the questions of my friends and people around me. And so it was, where do we start? What I, I, my stuff, it's like, I've been wondering about creativity since at least 2005 with real intent. Mm. And so just going through that process, but it's hard. And there was so much out there. I remember thinking somebody has 52 ways. Somebody has five ways, somebody, all these different ways. Right. And I sensed that they were all right in some way but that they were all kind of wrong in some way too. Right, so, exactly. So I, I started going to the research because I figured that was a little more solid. And so then I thought, okay, what what is it that really makes people creative? And so I just went through that journey. I spent 
when I moved to Sweden, I thought, oh, this is going to be so different and I want to do something different. So I did 365 days of live um, Facebooks. Oh, wow. Creative tips. And so that whole year, like every day I would spend two to three hours on just pouring into creativity and research and books and people. And, and so it just evolved. It just yeah. evolved into this process. Yeah. I think anything we do where we really pour ourselves into it, as you said, or are able to tackle it and give the time, there's going to be evolution in our, in our technique and our process and our, in our brain about it. And I, and I love that your focus has been like creativity. What is it? What does it look like? How, how do I, you know, process that and, and dissect it in a way like you could sit, like you said, you can, you can Google, you know, creative ways to be creative, for example, <laughs> and you can get <laughs> anywhere from top 10 to, you know, as you said, but I love that you've, you've created a system, a process, a way to break that down, um, you know, power habits, as you call them. And I think that's really great because it enables, when you stop and think about it, um, you know, enables you to, to everybody to think about that in their own way and not just do this, you know, go outside, you know, ways to go outside, get up, stretch, you know, all those, all those things. No, really, what are we, what are we after? And we'll talk more about that. How about your own, um, your own path? Like, did you always, were you always encouraged to paint or did you pick that up later on? Um, you know, back in the day when you, every Christmas gift was like, the pottery wheel, the dip of flour, the spin art, the yeah. foil jewelry. I so on my whole entire upbringing, I got all those kits, and so I think that kind of fed that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I drew a little bit as a teenager. I took the the required high school art, mm -hmm. and I didn't particularly like it. Mm -hmm. um, I went to college and had an art in a class and hated it, mm -hmm. and just, it was like, they wanted to force me to do something their prescribed way. It wasn't right. expressing any kind of anything. It was do this project, do it this way. And I, so I stopped creating for a few years because of that. Mm, yeah. Interesting. I think often it's, it's who you're put in front of in an early age that, that can make or break. You know, I had, for instance, I had a fantastic choir director growing up our, we did in our small town and he made everybody want to participate and sing and enjoy it and the little town where we live now that there's just not somebody there like that so these kids don't have that same experience and and it's made me realize just it's just who you happen to align with some of the times especially when you're young yeah you let's go back to your grandmother and how she inspired you Oh, she like I was talking about the foil jewelry. She would wear that foil jewelry like to church and out. I mean, she had diamonds and all kinds of jewelry, but she wore the foil jewelry and just really wore it proudly. And, you know, that just always those little things sent message to messages to me that what I did with my hands was important. Oh, my gosh. What a fantastic grandmother. I, I love that. I agree. I remember I didn't make this, but I remember 
going to a garage sale in the neighborhood and buy, I had $3 or maybe it was like even 30 cents, who knows at the time, but buying my mom a necklace and thinking it was the coolest thing. And when she wore it, I felt so proud. I remember that too. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works that it, it, it validates us who we are and our choices of what, like you choosing that necklace. It it's really true. It's really true. So, so you said in school, you, you took some courses, but weren't really that motivated by it. How did you get back into it? What switched that switch on for you? I think it was, I had a couple of kids and you, you know, the process where you're just like in the kid mode and everything's kid. And I, I just needed to do something for myself. And so I yeah. took a class, a drawing class and, um, and it just kickstarted it again. It just, just taking that one class mm. led to another class, led to another thing. And eventually it just snowballed into doing more and more until it's just now a lifestyle. It really is for you. I mean, you've got all sorts of things happening. You've got fabric and and beautiful. So do, are, do you tell me about how you've entered kind of the creative product realm and and what steps you've taken to put yourself out there in that way? Um, well, I went back to school at 38 years old. You know, we had eight kids at the time. Um, and so I wanted to go back to school for two reasons. One, I was academically suspended as a teenager and I felt badly about that. And the other reason was, you know, and I wanted to prove to myself that I could go back to school and, and get a degree. And then the other reason was I wanted to learn how to paint people. And so, so I did that and I started going in the fine art direction and I was starting to make headway that way. But then we moved to Missouri and that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the very middle. And so um, my husband was working overseas on oil rigs. So he'd be gone a month and, and home a month. And it was just too difficult to try to juggle the children and being home in the evening instead of going to an art exhibit. And, and so at that point, I had to pivot because yeah. I felt like I have to make a different choice because my priority, our priority was our children. Yes. And so then I started looking about, you know, what could I do that was easier and marketable. And um, I came across water, watercolor and Bonnie Christine's classes. Oh, great. And so, and I love to sew. I mean, I, probably you had the same thing where you had to take home at class and yes. learn how to sew. Yep. And so, <laughs> so we, I knew how to sew and I loved fabric, loved sewing, I made, took flat pattern design in college, you mm -hmm. know, did yeah. those things. And so it just kind of, um, evolved into then I wasn't really pursuing hard, but I was pursuing enough when you have eight kids and, you know, nine kids, it's I, in the back of my mind, I always had to think if I have to financially support them, what am I going to do? Right. You know, if, and so that was always in the back of my mind, just planting little seeds in case I had to make a, a, a life where I had to bring in the income. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a daunting task, I think, to think about that and, and realize and know what it takes to put that breakfast on the table and think like, how am I going to do that? And, and how, how to do it in a way that you want to, you know, that lights you up <laughs> instead of just like, oh gosh, here I am, give me a job kind of thing. 
Yeah, because being a stay-at-home mom for me left a lot of free time to be able to do creative things that I wanted to do. And just the idea of a nine-to-five job just almost like suffocates me. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you can, you know, but I just, I can. Yeah. I'm an I'm an entrepreneur kind of by birth, I think. I always ask people what their creative paths are and they often talk about their parents. What do you think your kiddos would say about you and your creative approach? They definitely know I'm creative. There's no question about I'm it. And sure. the funny thing is the funny thing is is that I never push creativity on them. Mm-hmm. And they've told me this now because most of them are adults. And they said, You never push creativity on us, but you always had all the stuff available to us. And we could that. ask you things, but you you I never stayed, I never got in their business that way. Yeah. Yeah. You you modeled it. It was there if they wanted to to experiment and try and and things like that. Right. right. Do any of your kids have creative careers or jobs? Um, My one's a graphic designer. They all do creative things on the side. Mm -hmm. And so um, the professional, he has a a, um, graphic designer, but they all have their creative ways still. You know, I I prescribe to the idea that we are all creative. It just depends on how we choose to to show it. So that's very cool. I just had to ask because, um, you know, it's when we live it the way you do, it's bound to, it's bound to seep out, which I love. <laughs> Plus I it think does. it must, I would think too, doing that deep dive into what creativity means, um, has got to have led to some interesting conversations around the dinner table and things like that as well. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's interesting for me now because, like one of my daughters, Cassandra, said yesterday, I'm starting to crochet. And I just had to laugh because I went through a crocheting period. And my other one is like pressing flowers and doing, you know, I I press flowers. I mean, it's funny and fun to see them go through this process of discovery for themselves. Yeah. It is very cool as a parent to see that. Isn't it, though? I love that. And I mean, yeah. we're still discovering it as we go as well. And I would think about, sorry, I would think that your travel, as you mentioned, just being in other cultures, I even feel like your website shows that a little bit. Some of the pictures feel kind of Scandinavian in there in in just the styling and things like that. How do you think this has um, affected what you want to put out into the world? Oh, you know, when I went to Amman, um, that was only for four months. And I just, it was like, we just dropped everything, everything at home. We just left yeah. and I just got to experiment with different things. And I got an iPad and started using that. And it was just so experimental. And that was just so fascinating. Then the contract changed. And so we went to Sweden. So true. Sweden influenced me like crazy. I mean, so there's creative. a there's a museum on every corner, it seems like. Yeah. And yeah, they have a great, great style. Um, yeah. And it and I went through one of my notes that I had brought and I wrote down that I loved the Scandinavian style before I went to Sweden and I had forgotten about that. Cool. And so I think that it was kind of innately in me. And then when I went there, it just like drew it all out. And mm-hmm. yes, it, it was a big influence a big shift for me. It's, I mean, 
I feel like Scandinavian design is, well, certainly it's very, there's, it's very much imbued in this country just because um, of all the influences. And I know growing up, my mom was an interior designer and we would, she would always have Scandinavian home books and design books and different artists that we would look at and, and be aware of. And then in my career, I've certainly, even down to the color combinations and paint finishes and oh, all of it's so gorgeous. Um, and so how do you feel like, do you feel like going to those museums and, and just being in that around the architecture and, and all of that, do you feel like it, it altered your design you were doing or just sort of general sensibility? I think both. Yeah, (laughs) I think both. Totally. Like when I went to um, Carl and Karen Larson, he's a watercolor um, colorist. One of my favorites. Oh, yes. So I went to his home. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was almost like every surface had been touched by them. She was very creative and very talented and painted and then switched to textiles and just uh, every surface you could see their presence in every room and just it was this amazing thing I walked out of that home and just was I was changed I thought I was creative (laughs) (laughs) they you know so it was those kinds of influences all my time in Sweden oh that sounds amazing and I would think too another really interesting experience would be going from having such diverse countries that you're, that you're living in, you know, very different styles and very different approaches to putting art out into the world. That must be really interesting as well. It is. Montenegro is more of a, I want to say a war-torn country and it shows in the lack of their creative culture on view. In Sweden, it's, it's everywhere. The buildings, the the bridges, the streets, the everything. But here you can see, oh, it's just not the same. They just don't have that cultural history on display. And I just don't feel it here yeah. as much. It's in, that's interesting. That that's that's quite a topic in itself, right? In a country mm-hmm. that's in more distress and and you know, they're just there isn't the extra energy to to or you know, funding or space or time to to put those things on display Mm. they're just hanging on I mean maybe you've seen that in the countries you've gone to because you've gone to a lot of countries haven't you I have I have traveled a lot and and yes I have certainly a country that's got more wealth and and it isn't isn't in, in sort of financial straits or more I don't know political unrest uh just has the ability to put effort into the into the pretty things, you know, ice the cake, so to speak. But even to a very industrial, you know, traveling to China as much as I have, it's a very industrial focused country, but you go to pockets of it and it's, it's, you get all sorts of creative history because for instance, in one region, they've been doing ceramics for thousands of years. So you see that even though it's industrial, you're in a place where they're making, you know, beautiful things and, it just depends. And and certainly um, my travels in India, that's just overall just they exude creativity and color and 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 delight, I think, even though so so much of it is poor or some areas are struggling. And certainly when we'd be there and um 
and different times you'd you'd see it differently but no matter what they're they're a people that just I feel like they just live creatively so it's it's very interesting to to see the difference in travel I I agree that's that's a conversation that will be interesting just I'm sure I'll be thinking about that all day just the differences you know yeah and but they do tend they still find a way, even with the the lack of resources, um, they find a way that it has to come out somehow. You know, I think for those of us who just need to be creative and and find a way, I think sometimes it's just just taking a walk, you know, and and not having all the things around you sometimes I think is a, is a benefit. You know, you can, you can be walking along and find a pebble that's smooth and attracts you in a certain way and a leaf that's fallen and is, you know, a certain color or a certain shape, a pod, things like that. And that's when, that's when, I don't know, we, I think there's time to realize what's right in front of us always and the way a shadow falls, you know, those are things to me that that inspire sometimes much more than being able to have lots at my at at my disposal. So I'm grateful for, for all the moments. <laughs> um, I'd love to talk a little bit about going back and getting your BFA in illustration later in life. Yeah. I think that is so admirable, especially, you know, certainly a mom pouring all your energy. And and you mentioned your husband was traveling a month at a time. So you really you weren't just a mom. You were a you were the parent that was providing everything for chunks of time. So talk about kind of finding that time for yourself and carving that out and the thought of, you know, it's never too late to shift gears and and do what is feeling important for you? Um, at that point, Alan was home for a few years doing a different job. And like I said, I'd always felt terrible that I had squandered my college experience. So I just felt I had to, I had to go back and it felt like the right time, even though everything said it was the wrong time. We were adding like 2,500 square feet to our house. We were serving in church. Our youngest, our eighth was nine, six months old. I mean, it was just like the worst time, but you know, when you feel like something's right, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know that it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying it was right. And so I I went back to school, but it was, it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. I mean, um, I, I would go, I would, I get up like at six or seven, get the kids ready, send them off to school my oldest daughter was going to school at the same time I was at the same school. And so we would juggle schedules so she could help watch the two youngest that weren't in school. Then we would, um, then I go to school. I come home about an hour before the kids came home from school. I'd sleep for an hour. I didn't want them to sleep, see me sleeping when I got, they got home. I didn't want them to just think, oh, mom just lays around all day. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So I slept for an hour. Then I would stay up until two or three or four in the morning and then sleep for a couple hours and just tell my husband, drag me out of bed. And it was so hard. It was like, when do I do homework? When do I do the kids, you know, family? And it just, but it just worked out that, you know, I'd choose family over the weekend. And then the teacher would say, oh, we're not going to, the assignment's not due today. It's due in a couple of days. 
or, you know, I would have to, an assignment I had to do, but it would work out that the kids were taken care of somehow. So even though it was the hardest thing to, for me to do, um, it, it worked out. But in the end, um, I realized how hard it was because my BFA advisor said I couldn't graduate. Huh. And he didn't really give a reason why. He just said I couldn't. And so the the one over, the chair over it said to me, you can't graduate. And I said, what? what? I know. I was like, what? And so I, she said, you can come in the summer and um, take it in the summer and graduate in the fall. And I just, I couldn't, you know, you have in your head that I can do this for this long and this long only. Yes. Yeah. And I had, I had maxed myself out and I just couldn't do it. And so I just started, the tears just started to come down my face and I didn't say, I just said, I can't do it. I'll come back in the fall. And she goes, well, just a second. And you know, these people know you in the department because you've spent four years with them. So she got on the phone and talked to the Dean and said, you know what the deal was. And three minutes later, she said, you can graduate. Oh gosh. I have full body chills. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, so I mean, part, part of it is you have to know how much you can take. And then when you, you know, those levels, then you can't let somebody else convince you otherwise. No. And, 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 Oh gosh, that's a really good example of having the conversation. I mean, you know, it's not like you were slacking or anything, you know, (laughs) obviously. And whatever their reasons were, were probably, you know, academic, maybe it was an academic point system or whatever it was. But then at some point the humanness comes into play. And like you said, they knew you, they knew what, what you were doing and putting out and the work you were doing. And, and if you, I just um, always encourage people to have the conversation, ask the question, you know? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that went how it, it did, but you were prepared to do what you needed to in the way that you could as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she saw that. Yeah. I mean, we, we spent four years in that program. I mean, yeah, you know, and they know I had kids and, and I mean, I, I had, I had never been that extended myself before. And so I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't do it that way. And luckily it worked out great. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Well, and, and I'm on the social media post when we, when this goes live, I'll, I'll put some pictures of the beautiful drawings that you did for me just of your path. Shannon drew kind of just her creative path, like literally a path with words and, and things that happened. And I'm looking at that as we speak. And I think we skipped over a few things. (laughs) (laughs) One thing we did skip over that I think was really a catalyst for me. Yeah. Was, um, was when, oh man, you know, sometimes it comes up and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I've, I've got gotcha. you. Yeah. When my oldest daughter died. Yeah. I'm so in sorry. In childbirth. Mm. And that, uh, as you can imagine, as most people can imagine who have felt pain, it, it just, it, my heart broke in a million pieces. Yeah. And so I was in that kind of numb area, no mm-hmm. highs, no lows, just numb and doing the things you need to do. And um, I remember thinking, 
this is just the way life is now. You know, there's, mm. there's just no joy and nothing. It, it just was, I just felt numb. Yeah. And I remember um, my husband came home one day. We had a rental in town and it became available. Mm. And he said, how about you take the, the house in town and make it into your studio? Mm. And my heart like leapt in for joy and it hadn't done that for months and months and I remember just being shocked that that was the catalyst for me to feel again was that creativity and then that took me on that that processing of creativity had always been there making things and creating things has always been there for me to for my well-being to help me to help me get through things um you know, having eight, nine kids, is kind of a lot of work. Yeah. Yes. It is. And so, you know, there are some downs and ups and, and creativity had always been there. And I didn't realize that until that moment when, when he said that, and my heart actually leapt for joy. Yeah. And how long was, ago was that? Um, Almost 10 years. Joseph oh. is going to be 10 in it. And my daughter died and then her husband died a year or so oh. later. Oh my goodness. And a few months before she died, um, she said, if something happens to us, we, you know, we want you to raise Joseph. And I was like, you know, your kids say something. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she said it a couple weeks later. And it oh, was God. something in that moment, like a freeze frame moment where I just was like, oh, OK, I understand. If something happens to you, we take Joseph. And, you know, after. Oh, my goodness. After her husband died, it's it, Joseph became ours. So he didn't. He doesn't even know them. He only knows us as mom and dad. I mean, he knows he has an angel mom and an angel dad. But yeah. So, yeah. oh my goodness, Shannon! Wow, I'm I'm so sorry that that has been part of the path. It's just it's so interesting too when when you look back at those moments and those those comments and think, where did that come from? You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, though it was a blessing. I, you know, I just look at it. If you can have the wherewithal in those moments to still pick out the little light fragments, yeah. like when she said, when, so when, when she passed away and he passed away, it was like, there was no question where Joseph went. There was no, right. you know, we just knew that he belonged with us. Yeah. Oh, and, and to, I mean, what a beautiful thing to be able to to be in a position to do that, to raise him, to have that spirit of his parents live on in a way that it might not have. Should oh, the situation have been different. It's actually hilarious that he doesn't know them, but he acts just like them. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and you see that so easily, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. That kind of moved into knowing that we were going to raise Joseph. Yeah. And I just have to say, you know, my my set point is happiness. My set point is happy, yeah. though yeah. I don't stay there. But I always go back to that. But I also um, honored the other feelings. So when I, yeah, yeah. So when I realized I was going to, you know, be a stay at home mom and do another eighteen years of right. child rearing, I had to, I had to mourn that I wasn't going to to do the things I thought I was going to do. Right. Right. Very, also extremely important. 
Yeah. And, you know, because you think I just thought, oh, the PTA meetings, oh, the, you know, the carpool, the whole going to this and going to that. I just thought that was my experience. And that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, so I had a little morning, but then, you know, you don't know the future and I can't, because we only have Joseph, we were able to leave and go overseas and do what we're doing now. Right. Right. And that could have looked very different and how Mm -hmm. wonderful to see it through his eyes as well. That's a, that's a whole other dimension. Uh, yeah. I don't know how he's going to, he is so, he is so creative more so than any of my other kids. Interesting. and his experience is like when we were sitting at a bus, I mean, at a train station in Sweden, somebody walked by and he goes, oh, that smells like a mon. And I'm like, why does he say that? And then I realized, oh, he smells the smoke, the cigarette smoke. Oh, and there's a lot of smoker, smokers in Amman. And he associated that. And I thought, how interesting that mm. he's going to have these different associations. So I'm excited to see what where his path will lead. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh my goodness, indeed. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. That there's so many, there's so many steps for all of us. Ooh. So you that enabled you then to have your studio house and really dive into your creativity in mm-hmm. a way that probably was a was a healing factor as well. Absolutely. It was it it was. It was it, I I don't know where I don't know exactly where I would be if I hadn't if that hadn't occurred what the process would have looked like. Mm. I'm so glad. I'm so glad for you. When did you start to think about the, the creative passport and jumpstarting your, your creative engine, which is your book? When did Um, that sort of start to whisper to you? Well, it was, I, Alan was out of work for six months, which had never happened in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go out. This is what I've geared up for and, <laughs> and worked up for that I can go out and get a job. And, you know, at 55 years old, I I only had one serious, one serious consideration. Nobody really wanted to look at me because I had no work history. Mm. And I, I realized, oh, you know what? I have to make my own job. I have to... <laughs> make my own path. I can't expect people to just, you know, take a chance and and that sort of thing. So it really did a shift in my thinking about, okay, now what do I do? And then getting people's attention now, because there's a lot of people that are probably thinking, okay, she's speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, you, they say have skills to, you know, have as a backup plan, but you don't, I didn't have the work history. So nobody was really interested. And, and so you know, being older, it's like, okay, I could, I could cry about it and whine about it, but it was no, you know, what can I do? And I can make my own path. Like, because later on, if something like that happens, then it'll be worse for me. So, yeah. so pretty much I decided I need to make my own path. And that's um, when I got the, um, the licensing with Wyndham. How did you get that licensing with the, the contract with Wyndham? Did you reach out to them? Um, my daughter did. We decided one of my daughters, she reached out to them and had a conversation with them. And she's the one who got the contract. On your behalf? On my behalf. Yep. Go, oh, fantastic daughter. Love that. I know. <laughs> she doesn't work with me anymore, but I wish she did. She's part of the creative business that I don't like is the pitching and doing that. Yes. that The thing is, right? It ta- You have to do all the things to get to get your work in front of people. It's it's a little bit challenging. Yeah. 
So talk to me then a little bit more about your eight creative power habits. You, you were able to beta test it with a membership. Yes. So you had already then, by the time you had that membership, done this deep dive and kind of honed it down for yourself into these eight creative habits, right? Right. But you know, it's like, I don't know for sure if they work. I don't know. And I got feedback and I realized, you know, I revamped it from what they said. Mm-hmm. It's too many, it's, you know, just little things. Yeah. But it really just really brought it in concisely for me having that. Group. I love that. I think that's such a good way to do it. I think when we're thinking through things, courses, ideas, you know, new directions, things like that, when you can work those through with a group of people who are willing to, you know, who are wanting to learn and that's where you get your feedback. So it just makes it just makes it that much more viable, I think. Yeah. And valuable for them, for other people. For sure. Because that's, that's what we want, right? We want it to make sense yeah. and be valuable and be worth it. Yeah. And after, and after how much I realized creativity did for me during that time that Layla died, I just, it made me just kind of feel for other women that yeah. you know, we all have struggles in some way, shape or form. We all have struggles and that creativity can be a way to help you walk through those struggles and have a creative life. If you know how to do that, then that's going to help you. And research says that creativity helps your well-being. Okay. I love that so much because, you know, I think in general, putting your creative self out into the world has its struggle days, right? So it has those days where where you need to focus. And and I love that there's exercises you have in your book that make that possible. But then sometimes in life, there's much larger challenges, like, you know, for instance, grief or loss or loss of a job, loss of a an income, a big move, whatever it is, where if you can go to that place where you're doing something we were talking about this the other day, you know, uh, a friend and I were, when you really are in your zone, it's, it's meditation in a way, right? So it's <laughs> dopamine. It's all those things that, that are helping us through the things we're going through. Yes. I mean, when you get to that point of flow, it changes your neural pathways. It change it changes your brain. Yeah. And so we need that. Sometimes we need that balancing leveling out of our brains when we hit those things that, as you were talking about. It's so true. Do, are you good with going through the eight creative power habits? Is that something that would be a good thing to do? I can do that. I think, I think too, that I, you know, for people, I think I just wanted to make it easy and doable and for them to realize they're probably already doing. Right, right to realize that you are doing creative things and you are, you do have creative ways. You're just not acknowledging them. And the minute you start acknowledging them, that gives you power. Right. It's like calling yourself creative and calling yourself an artist. People have the hardest time doing that sometimes, but when you say it out loud and there's so many things in life, when you, when you speak it out into the world, you know, things start to, to fall into place for, for whatever that was that you just, committed to, you know? Yeah. Did you, did you have a problem calling yourself an artist? I did. I, I did for sure. Um, 
I did. I cr- calling myself a creative for me was always easier than calling myself an artist because I felt like it, an artist came with certain things like a consistent practice or a, a, a certain level of acceptance in the, you know, but we, we have to accept ourselves first. You have to call yourself an artist and then you can just, everybody, wherever you are, call yourself an artist right now yep. and then keep listening. <laughs> An idea book is just capturing your creative brain on paper. So all your thoughts, any thoughts you have, any ideas, they don't have to be these magical ideas. It's just like, what do you think about that conversation you heard? Or what do you think, what, you know, you saw that leaf and yet you thought, oh, wouldn't that be cool to paint that leaf? Write it down. And so then you start to see a culmination of what you're, creative brain is trying to tell you. The next one is a think tank. And, and that's where we get a little bit more scientific (laughs) researchy, where we, you need to know between convergent and divergent thinking, because you Mm -hmm. want the right thinking for the right result. Mm. You have to know how to get into those thinking um, veins and then be able to pull the information you want. Right. Um, and then we, there's, and you get into that in your book. So it's right. not just, it's not just, you're not just stating that there's beautiful, illustrated, thoughty ways to, to get into these things. Yeah. Just like when I, um, one of the, the gals in the membership, the beta membership, she said, had brought up, you know, she had heard that if you go to sleep with a question on your mind mm-hmm. and, um, think about it, you know, the answer can come to you in your sleep. And I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to bed saying, I need a name for my book. I need it to be concise, snappy, memorable. And so I went out verbally did this before I went to sleep. And I was mm. like, oh, okay, right, but I'll try it. Um, and I, so I went to sleep, but it was only like 10 minutes later, like jumpstart just popped into my mind. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness, like 10 minutes, that's all it took for for <laughs> that to just manifest itself like that. And so, and, and Jumpstart was perfect. It's Jumpstart your creative engine. And so it, it was, so, yeah, so there are ways and things you can do with your brain. And so that's why it's it's an integral part of the power habits to know what kind of thinking, what kind of things you can do to bring out the things you want. I love too in that chapter of your book, um, the think tap, the think tank chapter where you have divergent thinking and 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 there's all this copy, which is very important because it's it's there's a lot of thought here, but it's bordered by this beautiful hydrangea pattern. <laughs> the whole page. And so I'm like, it it welcomes me in. It's not like it just makes it approachable immediately because it's I love this mix. I just have to say that I think that's very clever. You tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because, well, you know, and and I heard your recording with Lila Rogers. Uh huh. Lila. Yes. Lila. Lila Rogers. And so, um, and she talked about pictures in books. That that's one of her new classes. And I thought that's exactly what I was looking to do with this book. I wanted it to be beautiful. Even if you got bored with the copy, <laughs> with the text. It is beautiful. Go- it, it makes you want to turn the page for sure and just keep going. 
And then it was like, I've read so many creative creativity books that it's, it's so boring. I'm like yeah. bored. Yeah. And, so, and it's a creativity book. Exactly. And great, exactly. And so I thought my, I'm not going to make it boring. I can put some imagery. That's why I went to, to self-published because I didn't know if I could do what I wanted to do with the regular publisher. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, and it, it really works. And then I think, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother um, topic, right? Is, is publishing and self-publishing and things like that. But um, this works and I'm glad you, I'm glad you did that. Well, I'm glad you like it. That, that just tickles me. Oh, I do. I do. So number three is sketchbook. So basically um, practicing and increasing your visual literacy. I mean, we have reading and writing, there's mark making and meaning. And so it's practicing that even though you don't think you need it. Right. And it's interesting. There's a scientist, Vera Rubin, and I, I read her life and she actually went through all those, the power habits, mm. but the thing that really she's known for something about spinning atoms in opposite directions, it's a real big deal. What she discovered, she didn't discover it until she drew, she um, drew it. She mm -hmm. said, when I drew it, I wondered why I hadn't drawn it out before. Cause it took a couple of years for it to all come together. And it all came together when she drew it out. And I thought she's a scientist, Yeah, you know, interesting. you don't think drawing for a scientist, but like in the book, I talk about writers in particular, mm -hmm. where you also don't think that, but there's sound. It's, it's sound um, information that we all need. We all need drawing. Right. It, I mean, it just helps to kind of work through things and, and, you know, it's proven now that if you are a visual learner and doodling helps you listen. You know, I oh. would, <laughs> I was, I've said this many times, but my, you know, my algebra papers were covered with doodles. I'm not sure I was listening. I mean, I was trying to listen. It didn't, it wasn't happening, but I um, have led many a meeting. I can think of one, one of my teammates in particular who would fill a page with mark making and doodles. And I, and I would just smile every time because, especially when that study came out, because I thought of her right away. It wasn't that she wasn't listening. And she'd say that sometimes. She's like, I'm listening. But <laughs> she was she was doing it through, through mark making at the same time. You know, it was really, I was, I, and every once in a while, I wanted to take that page and say, let's turn that into a pattern. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really you know, you're, I love that your your book too. It talks about um, the importance of it, and and that our our brain is plastic, and you know, just the the way that we can we can move ourselves forward by that continued practice of sketching. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, it it really really helps us to remember things, and. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's enough research now that talks about that. That's Sunny Brown. She does a TED talk that talks about doodling and makes a great case for it. Mm, I love that. So number four. Four is playosity. It's play and curiosity. And I kind of look at them as like twins or sisters, cousins. I don't know. I don't know how you look at it, but they just it's to get and stay in the playosity loop. It's 
And I kind of talk about in the book how when kid, my two, two of my boys would put the plastic bags on their arms and try to jump, you know, the shopping bag and try to jump out of the tree because they wanted a parachute. (laughs) And, you know, kids do that. They, they play naturally. And I've read a lot of things that say to do some odd things. And I thought that doesn't sound like play, like for adults. And, Mm. and I thought, what is play for adults? So I, you know, I've, I've been thinking on that for quite a long time. And, and it was like, when you go out and go into a plane and get a real parachute on and jump out of a plane, that's adult play. And I think that we've lost the ability to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is, it, it's part of, it's part of the the creative process. We have to be able to play. And I noticed that, you know, I say stay in the playosity loop because when we're in that play loop, so many things want to pull us out, pull us back out, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and we don't stay in it. And so the idea is to stay in it, ask the questions and stay in it as long as you can and really benefit for it from it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the playosity. I love that. I think play and curiosity is such a good, a good combination of words. And you, you, you reference creative gridlock. And I think we can all relate to that. And I think how to get through that is, is something that we all need to focus on. And we do lose that ability to play. We do because we have I mean, you more than most of us with nine kiddos, right? It's, and you, you've pushed your way through. And and I think that's been a shining, a shining example for me in talking to you. It's just like, nope, just keep setting your sights on, don't lose you in, in all of it, which is, you know, certainly we have years where we, you know, give parts of ourselves up to other things we're doing, but we're still, we're still there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think also we hear about burnout, artists mm-hmm. and others, you know, burnout all the time. And I think that these two power habits, playosity and XXO, the next one, if people would just do those two habits every month, then they would, I I really feel like they would not have the burnout because they would be feeding themselves in a way that stimulates them and reminds them of the the thing that's inside of them. And, but we, we don't play, we don't, and the XXO, number five is XXO, that's explore, experience, and observe. Love it. And if, and you think about it, when you go out and you do something, or you go visit someplace, like you've visited lots of places, you come back and you have all this new stimuli, Mm -hmm. you have all these new ideas, you have, you know, the blank page isn't the blank page because you've taken in so much. And I think if people are just just on that burnout, if they would practice those two things, I think they would just find themselves a little happier. I think so too. I love that. It's really true. I, I, those are just good reminders. Definitely. And the number six is superpowers. And this is where you just audit combinations that are uniquely you. Mm -hmm. And and I, I really like this because it, it talks, you know, XXO is the things you want to do. It's the things like, I want to go out and do this. I want to go try this. Let's go do this. Whereas the superpowers are where part of it is where you have been. That becomes mm-hmm. a strength of yours. Right. And like I just did um, Lori Siebert's challenge. Oh, good. Yeah. That, um, was, a, that was a good one. Yeah. Was it the, the, was it the, the, which one was it? 
the heart to heart 2023. Good. And, you know, as I'm going through, I go through the creative power habits while I'm doing the work. And I was able to pull on those things from Paris and Sweden and, and then pull them together and make, you know, the designs. And when you go through and audit yourself, your space, your supplies, all these things, then you're really ready to actually start to do the creative work. Right. You kind of open up space for that. Yeah. And I think that's where the originality comes. Is, I do too. You know, because you're looking at yourself and, you know, part of this, the whole thing with this is that a lot of times people would say, um, they go to, how do you get ideas? Well, I go to Pinterest Yeah, <laughs> and I love Pinterest. Don't get me wrong. I love Pinterest, but not for that reason. And if you can't go the best creativity from what I can see from other people is what comes from within yeah. that you've been able to pull out for everyone. Yeah. And I think that superpower habit is, is where you get that. I think so too. I think often we don't give enough credit to where we've been, right? And the experience that we have. And I think as we age, you know, you go through those different feelings of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be overlooked because I'm this, I'm getting older or whatever. And then you realize, oh heck no. Oh, <laughs> 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 contraire, you know, I have all this experience and let me put that to some use, you know? So it's just a mind shift, but superpowers are a, a real thing. Yeah. Um, and the next one is vision. And it's kind of this process of going over this vision bridge where there's four things that, that going over the vision bridge, like get the big picture, your daydream, your hopes, and then see the possibilities, you know, kind of zoom in a little bit yeah. to the details and then come face to face with the obstacles, the things that will you know, likely come up to thwart you and push you off track. And then basically getting carried away in the love of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. I love the little quote at the beginning. It's kind of fun to do the impossible said Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he's a perfect example of, of pushing against, pushing back on that face to face, you know, pushing back against um, people saying you can't and right. And so many of us have, I don't know, friends or family that don't understand what the importance is to it. Like, Oh, you're creative. You really, you know, or whatever it is, you make money doing that. Or, um, you call them vocal objectors, but sometimes it's ourselves as well. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that, yes. Yes. That stand in our own way. So I love that. And I think if we can, if we can control the, the, our own voices, our own objections, then it's much easier to dismiss others' objections. I agree. I agree. And stand in that and own it and know it's the right thing and believe. Yes. Yes. These are great, great chapters and, ex and exercises for that. And then the last is show and share to show your work and to share yourself. And just get out there and don't be afraid to, to be vulnerable, you know, to really put yourself out there. Oh my gosh. Right. Shannon, I, I feel like it's a human thing to kind of be strong, right. And say like, I'm just going to put this here and I'm going to try it. And no matter what I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to proceed. And then we notice that when we're vulnerable, people's hearts 
kind of crack open along with us, I think. And when mm-hmm. we put ourselves out there creatively or um, emotionally, whatever that might honestly, right, then mm-hmm. more people feel like you're you're letting them in and uh, and they they feel seen in, in it and they see you in a different way. And I think there's so much value in that. And then we start to belong to each other. Oh, my gosh. I love that. We do. And that's, you know, we see those elements of each other in each other. And then we start to say, you and I are alike. You and I have similarities. You and I belong to each other. And in that belonging, there is so much power. There is so much strength. Um, I think about the people, different people in my life who have, who have um, been there and, you know, you just can't do without them. No, you can't. And especially with the big emotional things you've been through, you know, they're different for all of us, but I love what you said. We can start to belong to each other. We can start to feel like there's room in that person for the caring and the, and the, the needing each other. It's okay Mm -hmm. to admit that. Yeah. And, and like even just saying nice things, I think we think nice things about people all the time, but we never say them. (laughs) I just kind of determined many years ago that I was just going to say when they dropped off my head and onto my tongue, I was just going to say them. And, you know, I've learned over time that those are just genuine gold little nuggets for other people to just be seen, be heard and be valued. I agree. It's a gift, really. And and people don't always know how to take it, but what a great exercise. It's kind of like sketching, right? Just <laughs> practice saying that positive thing that you're you're feeling or thinking about someone. Absolutely. Yes. You, we just need to be bold like that. I mean, uh, the whole creativity, it's a lot of boldness in there. Yes. You, know, you got to get out there and and really do the work and and step out there. You really do. And I think it's important. And these are these are great, important steps and important um, habits, I should say. And then you have great ways to put them into practice. Yeah. Then, you know, in the tr- in the, all the research that I've set, seen, now this these creative power habits will let you have a creative life. No doubt you will live a more creative life. You will be happier. But then if you are a professional, then taking it into a domain specific area. So for me, it's surface design and I take the eight creative power habits. So like when I sit down for um, with a prompt, I'll go through all the habits and write them down and really push myself to think about it. And then the ideas start to come. So I'm generating ideas from inside of me instead of outside of me. Right. And then when you do that, you're also creatively changing and training your brain to have neural pathways that keep repeating in that way. So you keep the neural pathways keep going over like playosity. I keep doing the things I, you know, the idea book, you keep doing it over and over and, and those neural pathways make become easier to run their, run their course when yeah. you do it. So practicing and sketchbook and all those things. Right. You're training, you're training yourself. Yep. Right. And so I've, I've trying, I'm, I'm just in the recording videos of that process when I sit down with a prompt and how to do it. And of course, you know, when you do something for the first time, you're awkward and stuff. So I, my videos are real awkward, but I'm still going to put them out there to show how to go through these habits in a domain specific thing. Good for you. I, I think there's a lot of information in your book and, and you, 
the cool thing is how, how much research and how much thought you've put into this. So I think listening to you, whether you feel like, you know, you're, you're polished or not, the, I think it will be great to listen to you talking about it, you know, because that's where it'll all come together. And you know, from doing these, the beta work with, with other people that, that, that worked. I'm so glad that you told me about this and that you were willing to kind of just share more about it. Tell us when the membership and, and when we can hear more of your videos and, and how that's all unfolding for you. It'll start in, in August. Okay. And um, it'll be a membership to build your body of work, a shortcut to your signature style about going through and making choices experimenting. So there's four levels and I'm super excited about this. I've been working on it for two years. <laughs> I, I always have a long runway when I do things. Um, and in the meantime, I'm, you know, just prepping for that, trying to do some other things. I have to do art for me. And so I'm looking for an agent and I'm going to, I'm doing that route because I don't want to do the pitching. I don't want to do all those kinds of other things. I want to work on the creative things with other people. And right. so, you know, you give and take like what, you know, I, I don't want to give up painting. I don't want to give up that. Right. And so, so I'm kind of in the process of, you know, solidifying all those things and I cannot wait actually. Membership. I'll bet. I'll bet. That's so exciting that the membership's right around the corner and that you've been putting so much time into it. I mean, cause you can taste it, I'm sure at this point. Yeah. How, how do people find out about and get more information about the membership and, and just about your um, eight creative power habits and jumpstart your creative engine? Um, I have a website, Shannon's Studio, double S in the middle, and it has a membership that talks about it and talks about the levels. It shows some of the artwork, how the process goes and some of the things you'll be doing or will be doing. And um I'm on Instagram, but, and also there's a free chapter, the introduction and the free chapter of the book on my website as well. Right. And your website's gorgeous. And I'm, I'm excited that you're in the process of looking for an agent because I think you would, that would be mutually beneficial both to the agent and to you because your art is really lovely. And you've, you've, you've accomplished some great things with your art. I mean, you've taught at Sundance and you've been featured in Western Art Collector magazine, which is a beautiful one. My my parents get that. I always go look at it at their house. Um, HGTV, magazine illustrations, all sorts of good things. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of a winding journey you take that most artists take. Right. And Having a family, having my family be the priority, I've had to make decisions and learn how to pivot in order to um, to accommodate that, but still do what I want to do. And so it's led me on this kind of curvilinear journey, and um, I'm not sad about it. Yeah, the journey yeah. is, I mean, the adventure is in the journey, really, the living. Yeah. You have a little blurb on this wonderful map you drew for me. So I want to ask you for, about this before I get to the, to you know, to the end. But you have a little um, bit that says magazine collection and my family doesn't get it. <laughs> Tell me about that because I think I'm right there with you. <laughs> I hope there's somebody else out there like me. Um, oh, yeah. 
I just love magazines. I mean, that's one of, you know, I think everybody has to find their way where they just relax and can, you know, just let themselves zone out. Yeah. And magazines is it. And, and my family has had to haul magazines when we moved and they get so mad (laughs) and they want to burn them all. And I just say, you know what, it's good fire starter in case there's an emergency, but I'm keeping them. And, you know, there's just several magazines that. Well, you have some OG magazines on your list. You've got yeah. Victoria on there. You've got Mary Inglebright on there. It's shelter mags. I um, I I've I've worked with several of those, and I've been in several of those, and I miss them so much. I miss those projects where we had to, you know, send everything and do these wonderful shoots and make things for them, and oh, then have these long phone calls of what the what the article was going to say and. Um, I love that you're lugging those around. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear so much more about what you have done and what you do and, you know, the particulars of, of your journey, a unique journey. It sounds like to me from the bits and pieces I've been able to, to pick out and just fascinating. I mean, I would just love to go to a different country with you where you talk to manufacturers. I mean, I would just like to tag along like that because of your, the skill set that you have. Oh, thanks. It's, you know, like you, it's just like, it wasn't necessarily a plan. It's like, oh, gosh, I have this friend who's an editor. Yes, I'll come along on these shoots. And oh, sure, I'll do some. And oh, my job's going to take me to, you know, Jaipur. Okay. You know, it's just, it's just, we, and there you are in Montenegro. You know, I, I appreciate that. And I, I love thinking back uh, on some of these things, because sometimes, you, you know, they're just part of what, part of the work you do, but when you stop and think of the experiences we've had and how they've shaped and formed us, it's, uh, it's humbling. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm all for taking opportunities and then just what comes from it. It's just some of the, yeah, it's just some of the opportunities that weren't there that seemed that showed up and just the great things that came out of it. It's Yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for those things. I do wish though, that all that magazine work, none of it's online. You know, sometimes I wish that, uh, it was cause I don't necessarily want to haul them around. There is one issue, one Mary Inglebright issue that I did a whole spread for, um, and made a giant vintage ornament wreath before everybody else was that I never, I don't know what I never got I never saved that one. I don't know why I have so many magazines that I've either done things or been in um, that I, (laughs) they are still in a bin in my garage. They, they made it through the flood, which, you know, I don't know who's glad about that and who's not, but um, you know, someday I'll, I'll come across some of the missing ones, but it's, it's fun when I, I just had to ask you about that because that's definitely a part of my path as well. I wish I were home so I could go like rummage through there and say, see, I do look through these. <laughs> find where you grow up. Oh gosh. So tell me who's inspiring you. Um, you know, at first it was, I was just generally going to say Sweden and, and people and Montenegro and that, but um, Jay, uh, Jay Recker Frisch. I don't even know how to say her name. She's a, she's a designer. And mm-hmm. what's her first name? Janet. Um, and Susan Jane Wright and mm-hmm. Tula Payne. And I realized that I liked these gals because 
their art crosses over into their life. I you know, you that. can't have one without the other. I mean, cause there's a lot of great artists out there. Um, a lot of great art, but I, you know, you get to that style, it becomes part of your, your every day. Right. And those three gals, like they live their designs and their designs are amazing. And then they keep like Sarah Jane Wright. She started out with embroidery kits and then moved to fabric and illustrations and did uh, children's books with her husband. And so she just evolved in this lifestyle. And so that's what I really like in people. And then there's one more, the forest floor. Mm. Just recently, okay. I found I found her and she takes like tiny things in the forest and gets gets macro with it. I think it's macro where you just go zoom in. Yes. And just fascinating to see the things that you can't see when you are walking around because they're so minute. And I, you know, I just am amazed. I mean, it's just as exciting to see somebody doing that, somebody taking the time to do art like that and take pictures like that to show the rest of us what we're missing. I love that. What a great point of view. And, and it's just, and Tula Pink too. She's just, she's unapologetic, I think too. I, I can't wait to, um, to, I mean, they, I've, I'm aware not of the forest floor. I'll look, look her up, but you know, some, I'm always reminded when I ask this question of people, new people, some for sure. And then people that maybe I haven't spent a lot of time with lately or looking into. So I love that. Excellent. Yeah, list. Those are great gals. Great, yeah. great artists. Well, I'm adding you to my list, Shannon. I'm so inspired by just the way you've, I wouldn't even say leaned in, dived into your creativity and you've owned your passions and your struggles and your, the things that are put in front of you, the potential and the possibilities. And I think that's a great example for all of us. And I just really appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. It's that thing, right? Where we, we let people know us a little bit more and it, we just arms around each other. That's how, that's how this creative community is. And I'm so grateful. I think your podcast is just so, so rich with that. I mean, as, as I'm painting and listening to the conversations and that's what it is, it's a conversation and the richness of it. It's just, you're doing your part, Margo. <laughs> oh, thanks, Shannon. Thanks. Well, I just, I, I look forward to each one. Somebody asked me the other day, how do you keep up with this? I just love the conversations. I'm so grateful to be able to plug in and have that time. I think that's something we're missing in today's world with technology and rushing around and jobs here and there is, is just the chance to sit down and have a, have a good conversation. So those I look forward to. Thanks so much for coming on with me today. I really, really appreciate it. And I love knowing more about you. And I feel like I could talk to you for several more hours and find out even more. It, it was, it's exciting. I mean, I'm excited. I am, you know, I appreciate you saying yes. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because I learned something about myself because I sent that to you back in October and, and, you know, it was like, I didn't have like any animosity. You didn't get back to me. It was just like, you know, you've got things. It's not like my little DM was your only DM. And so, but when I got your, your DM and you said, absolutely. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I had to take the phone and set it down <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> because, and I realized I was more comfortable in the 
not getting, you know, not getting it than getting it. And I was really <laughs> surprised by that. Well, and I think I missed your first DM. I think you had said something and I, I hadn't seen it or something like that. Cause I would never not, you know, an email. I It's harder for me to see a DM. I usually see, but I just, I love it when people say, Hey, I have this idea or, Hey, I have this thought or what about this? And it's like, awesome. I have a hundreds of names of people I'd love to have on the podcast, but often stick your foot out. I'm there for it. I love that. Oh, thank you so much, Shannon, for being here today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You as well. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.